Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, episode whatever. whatever. Some number above 10. Well, it'll be numbered after. Yeah, so we've actually been going for for quite a bit, and I think if we count all of the views, we're over, over the we'll number... Say, we'll say 100, just to make ourselves feel good, and I then when, whenever true, this episode though. comes out, it might be over 100. Because we'll just Are go we going to go back we'll, and watch We're going to go watch our one. videos over and over. It'll be at 100 yeah. by the time this episode comes out, just that to make sense. ourselves feel yeah. good. I, w- I was going to say over the number of episodes we released. Ooh. Like, everything has had at least one view. Yeah. By at least, like, you or me. So that's good. And, yeah, so... Um, how are we... Yeah, what do we want to talk about today? I think we want to talk about painting, because we're about to go on a painting trip. Oh, that's true. It's pretty crazy. So we're we're pretty into this hobby. Uh, so the miniature gaming hobby is kind of interesting to me and very unique because it brings in a whole bunch of different hobbies together as one. Like you've got your gamers that go to like get together, they go to tournaments, yeah. they have their regular nights. So, but then the, beyond that, there's sort of the, the actual yeah. miniatures part of it, not just the game part of it. Yeah, so the miniatures part has actually two hobbies attached, or maybe three depending on how you look at it. So there's the gaming part, which, you know, there's lots of different games people play, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, uh, as- the the miniatures generally come unassembled, right? They're on a sprue or just in pieces, right? Because that's, I guess, the cheapest way to do it. But it has then, because of that... So become... you're counting that as the second one then? Yeah, assembling okay. miniatures totally right. is part of the hobby, right? This is what people, a lot of people actually really enjoy, especially when you look at the the games workshop type of games where they're like plastic miniatures is it's like a model kit and right? they give you lots of extra parts so there's there's actually some level of customization yeah. available to a lot of games and even when it, it wasn't like even if you look at uh, models that are not in our gaming space a lot of them are just the fun of it is to assemble them and look at the cool model like model cars like model planes gundams all of those things are part of the the miniature hobby uh, market Yep. And that's another portion, right? Okay. And some of them you don't even have to paint, which brings you to the last the last part of it, I guess? Second last. Second I'll, I'll go last. to the second last. So the, so the other one that I, that we, I think, kind of skipped over is the, the commerce aspect, which is just fun to go in and buy something. Like, this is something that I'm, I'm, hmm. I think a lot of the times we, just because we're really into whatever we're buying, we don't really value the going to a store, looking around, picking stuff up, so right? Maybe, and browsing. Because so, there's so, so many different uh, models, right? And model ranges. There's just fun in going, selecting it out, just like, you know, so it's like a, shopping. It's like, a, it's like a collector's thing. Like, lots yes, of people collecting. collect things. Yes, like, exactly. You can collect action figures and just keep them in their box, and you yep. still love having them. Yep. I, I won't claim to have too many minis that are in their boxes, just because I think they're cool, but I have I don't want to look up with all of those boxes <laughs> that are just in, stacked upon each other. You don't want to look at the back of the podcast studio? No, no, no I don't think so. Well, I already am. Actually, it's making me happy. <laughs> it's right in looking front of at you. it. It's actually not making me sad. It's making me happy because I'm like, oh, look at all the models I can assemble next. Yeah, so you're into so, the collector's part. I totally yeah, yes. I love it. Uh, yeah, and then... So we're on to three now. Yeah, and then the last one, which we already mentioned, mm-hmm. painting. Which I think is, is our topic for this episode because as we said, we're going on a painting trip to Germany. That's pretty hardcore. I think it's, we've kind of okay. gone down the we're rabbit not, hole. We're not trying to win anything at it. But that's definitely part of the thing. So mm-hmm. why don't you explain what this thing we're going to is? Okay. 
So we've gone to other painting events that are locally. Where... Wait, 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 do you want to just talk about generally what the painting hobby is first? Otherwise, the context of what we're, we're, where we're going doesn't make any sense. Well, for anyone who's not like super into it, it would make no sense. So yeah, we should. All right. So you start with that. All right. So basically in almost every minigame, you're encouraged to paint your minis. So you can paint them to look like they came on the box. I mean, there's, the studios have their own mm -hmm. color schemes. They're usually pretty good. Yeah. And, and normally, if, well, mm -hmm. first of all, when you get the minis and you assemble them, yep. they're just plastic or metal or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're not painted. At, at best, some people say, oh, I like it because it looks like, I don't know, a metal miniature or something like that. Or it looks almost like when we look at uh, sculptures uh, from the past, mm -hmm. it looks kind of like that, but in miniature scale because they're, they look pure and pristine, right? Yep. Ignoring the fact that a lot of the uh, marble and whatever statues that we see nowadays actually had paint on them originally, had paint on but, them, but washed away. But it didn't last a thousand years, so yeah. we just see what's under that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then, obviously, when you just see it, the, the sculpture—that's one thing—but they look better when they're painted. Oh yeah, whenever they, whenever you see the box art for a game, mm -hmm. you usually you almost always see the painted version of it. Yeah, because somebody really else there. It. Yeah, even like crummy miniatures with a, like a really high level painter can look impressive. But then when you get them in your hand, you're like, "Oh, this is <laughs> this is beyond what I can do." I think I should just like try. Yeah, they literally quickly. just painted on a painting onto the the miniature in a rough shape. Yeah, it was basically a flat canvas, and they created yeah. something that was entirely not there. Which once you get good, you can do that, but it takes time. And then the other side is uh, when you have a really good miniature, even with a really crummy paint job, mm -hmm. it can still look amazing, right? So. Even, I think, a lot of people uh, get intimidated by painting miniatures or saying, oh, you know what, that's not that's not my thing and I'm not very good at it, so mm -hmm. it would make it look worse. So when they see a really highly detailed miniature, they actually get intimidated by that versus a very simple miniature where possibly on the simple or on the more complex, more detailed miniature, the miniature is actually doing a lot of the work for you. And if you just mm -hmm. paint within the lines yeah. and then do a little bit of like edge highlighting and like wash it, even then. if you just paint within the lines, mm -hmm. generally the models look better. Yeah. Right? That's why sometimes when you look at uh, pre-painted minis, they don't look good because the, the pre-painted minis are done en masse. And, and you're paying a guy like fifth or whatever, a dollar to paint 100 miniatures in, in an hour. Yep. They're not going to be able to paint within the lines. But nope. if they do, oftentimes, like let's say X-Wing, which mm -hmm. I think they use stencils for. Yeah, I thought that was done by a machine to a large extent. Yeah, then everything is painted within the, in the lines. It's a very simple paint job, but it looks great. Yep. And their miniatures are actually pretty detailed, and they keep getting more detailed. So yeah, that's true. There's no complaints about their yeah. line. I've only repainted maybe one X-Wing miniature ever. Because we didn't play for very long, so. Yeah, I painted two Interceptors, because I got the special edition red ones. Mm -hmm. Not the special edition, but the the special versions and I was like the I don't races. want these ones I want the normal w ones but the normal ones were like totally sold out so I couldn't get them so I just bought the Imperial Aces and painted them like the originals just gray I painted them gray with yep. like white like uh, highlighting and some blacks and, and I was very very happy once I did that yes and so other people were like really why did you do that I'm like <laughs> interceptors in, in Star Wars should there's, be red no one's what? special there's no special pilot piloting an interceptor what's going on here yeah exactly there's only one special plane and it's the tie advance that Darth Vader had and that's still great too yeah and it yeah and it's destroyed anyways yes so where were we 
getting people to paint things, people being intimidated with painting. Yes, and just in general how no matter what kind of model you get, uh, even if you just paint within the lines, it looks better, right? Like a paint by numbers kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's generally the thing, right? especially even if it one, one miniature doesn't look great. Uh, the thing with war games is that you, you paint 5, 10, 20 miniatures uh, on each side when you put them on together. As a group, it, it looks really good. It looks really, really awesome, yeah. And a lot of... Just imagine if all the board games you played were painted as well. Like, would you rather have just the gray plastic one or, like, painted just with, just within the lines, right? It, it helps bring everything to life. There's the reason why yeah, you the, like... Like, the figure has way more character to it. You feel way yeah. more attached to it. Yeah, it feels more alive, mm -hmm. right? There's a reason why people like the miniatures versus, let's say, a standee or a cardboard chit or something like that. Oh, yeah, those are completely gone in board games. Like, board games used to have those all the time, but now, the, I guess, the manufacturer's gotten cheaper. No one... For miniatures? For, for board game production. I think it's because it's cooler, because people like it. Yeah. It's oh, not... absolutely. Yeah, because like it, no it feels more real, right? No one's it's willing to go back 3D. to the old way of having standees. Yeah. And then if you take it one more step, 3D, well, one good thing about the standees is that they're, they're color. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine you take the color with the 3D nature of the miniature, put them together. Even if the painting is not amazing, it's going to look great, right? And then, or, or better. And then, if you spend enough time to make it look good, and you get, you, it starts becoming a hobby. Now, now, now you become obsessed with it like us, and you start going to conventions just for painting. Yeah, because you want to see what other people have done. You, <laughs> you want to show off what you've done. Yeah. So we have a few good local conventions in Toronto. Yep. And we've been to those. There's the Sword and Brush. The Sword and Brush that's in the fall. Mm -hmm. And then we've also gone to Gen Con a few times. Yeah. We've driven there. So that's and they interesting have that, as well. that uh, painting, little painting section up upstairs where you can see people who put in a lot of effort. Yeah, so they run the Crystal Brush competition there. Mm -hmm. Like the manufacturers show up for the show too to show off like their new products and, and to get people excited about things. And then they run their own competitions, too, and put up their own cases for people to submit entries to. To encourage people to paint and, and look at all the all of their miniatures, right? Yep. Yeah, I think it's it's super fun. So, um, yeah, so I guess now that there's some context in painting miniatures, why don't you now go into the convention we're going to now? Uh-huh. So it's in Germany. We, it's, we actually it's just what we talked about. We haven't researched but in Germany. It just happens to be in Germany. It's, it's yes. an excuse to travel for almost the most part. But we know that Europe has a lot of the better painters. So yeah, it's like to be, they, they treat it like it, an art form. Yeah. Whereas here, it's, it's more like a, a hobby. And a lot mm -hmm. of the ways that we paint miniatures here is for games, right? So it's the kind of get, of get painters like us, right? We're talking about our hobby is miniature gaming, and that's literally four hobbies in one. Yep. Right? Now, if you really want to get like as good as as you can on one of those things, let's say painting, you can't have three other hobbies competing for your time, right? No. The painting has to be the thing. Your hobby your time hobby. is limited, so yeah. if you spend 100% of your hobby time on it, mm -hmm. and usually for those sort of things, people are often not painting war games figures quite as much. They're usually mm -hmm. moving towards more like 75 millimeter tall figures or possibly even larger dioramas they, with yeah, several figures can. on them. Busts rather than the whole figure. You just have sort of from yeah. the waist up portions of the figure. So you can have like 
So you can, they're basically their face becomes a much larger component of the miniature. You need a so little bit more expressiveness. Unless we like canvas, uh, like miniatures. Uh-huh. If it's too small, it's too small of a canvas <laughs> to yep. actually really get Absolutely. everything going, right? So, and I guess once it gets to the bigger scale, you have more ability for like artistic expression to show off your painting style versus it being much smaller and harder to see the where, details. Yeah, where, where literally half the battle is just painting within the lines like we talked about. Yep. It's like, look at this super, super thin thread that, that I have on this mini. Mm-hmm. I can paint this correctly. Like, just, just put the paint, the one piece of Oh, one this color. piece of string. Yeah. Oh, don't worry, I've painted guitar strings on 32mm yeah. models. I'm like, all right, got to get this right. Oh, and <laughs> now I've got to highlight the guitar string, because, I mean, it's shiny. Yeah, so. you got to do it. So it becomes, a, a yeah, that, just being able to do that mm-hmm. is, like, almost a technical skill, right? Yes. But once it becomes bigger, it's more like a canvas, right? Mm-hmm. People can show yeah. off and, and, and really bring things uh put in their artistic spin into into them yeah because when you look at a lot of the bigger pieces that the sort of professional might call them painters paint a lot of them are professional yeah though they paint for like fees they teach people they paint the box art for miniatures people will often pay them to paint things or they will paint something and then they will sell it and people will buy it for like hundreds of dollars or like we talked about before for the collectors who are just like i want to have this thing and oh Uh i want to look as cool as possible i'll just hire this person Mm -hmm. to do this yeah and the interesting thing is that sort of it becomes more painterly because you can actually see the brush strokes on the bigger miniatures, uh-huh. but because it's done in a painterly fashion, whatever that is, that the brush strokes sort of actually work for the how the piece is done. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think we we've had mm-hmm. a bunch of debates about about this. Uh, to me, the, the entire piece, the composition, is what matters, right? And I feel like miniature painting traditionally because it's so small uh it doesn't allow brush strokes it, it starts looking a little bit weird because the brush strokes will be huge right mm-hmm. uh, at the same time when you look at traditional painting we've gone way past photorealistic painting right because it's not interesting to have something look photorealistic in some ways when you're painting a miniature it's a little bit more interesting because yeah, you're taking super... a big thing and then shrinking it down to a certain size mm-hmm. right at the same time when you look at art uh, actual, I don't know. Actual painting never actual really painting. aims to be reality. Like we have yes. photography, there's no yeah. huge reason to aim for it anymore. Yeah, and so you, you, so yeah, exactly, right. And so having a brushstroke is not. It's weird that in miniatures, there's so much emphasis on making things look butter smooth or, or like blends look butter smooth and mm-hmm. have this like no brushstrokes being visible when. Oftentimes, brushstrokes being visible makes things more interesting. Yes. Right? It adds uh, character. It adds more hard lines. And when you're looking at like, the miniature, like certain surfaces are actually just textured too. Like if you have like yeah. a fabric surface or a leather surface on your miniature, yeah. having it be perfectly smooth doesn't actually translate. Yeah. Like, is this guy wearing silk? You're like, no, he's he's not yeah. wearing a silk jacket. There's no reason. So there's no reason to paint everything perfectly uh-huh. smooth and perfectly shiny. Yeah. And when I look at like traditional art, one of my favorite artists are impressionists right Mm -hmm. and those ones like those guys they they you're not trying to paint it exactly like how real life is you want to make things interesting and and hyper real Mm -hmm. right like the impression impressionists have like extreme colors going on and one color next to another color that have nothing to do with the object being represented but still you get the you still know what you're looking at yeah even though it's it's, the look is beautiful right and this to me is something that you can it's a lot easier to do when you have larger minis Mm mm-hmm 
Um, yeah. So at the, at the same time, uh, most of the minis we paint are or smaller war figures but then that brings us back to what we were talking about before that when you assemble your whole army mm-hmm. with their whole coordinated paint scheme it looks really amazing because I've put photographs up of my infinity army with the whole thing all mm-hmm. together just because the whole thing looks like if you see one mini by itself it's like oh that's, that's cool. okay yeah. but then when you just have this whole army of like 60 things which you don't need to have to play infinity by the way I just it's yeah, enjoyable yeah. to have, have the whole range models, yeah for certain things yeah when you line but, up the mm-hmm. thing you you have like the green on some of your guys right if you have one guy he has green brown and and, and grays right yep but then you have another guy with slightly different you palette, emphasize right? more of well you've yeah, maybe picked your couple other. colors but you emphasize you have your green your brown and what other colors you go for mm-hmm. grays grays I'm talking about your, your paint scheme for your combined Oh, okay. I'm literally talking about your the, your army. Yep. Your oh, okay. Well. I was talking about another army. You switched to another one of my armies. So no, no. I can <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can so talk about other armies. Yeah. So you yeah, have fifty of each. It's, I get it. It's color scheme is basically like so. I, you can pick a triad, or you can like you can look online for all the different mm-hmm. types of like of color schemes. We've got your split and logic color scheme. You've got your triads. Mm-hmm. You've got your complementary, where you've just got two colors across from each other. So for the combined army that Alan's talking about, their color scheme is sort of a it's got a blue, a green, and then it's got a cross from that on the color wheel. It's sort of orangey red color. And then depending on what model you're looking at, say you've got the more robot guys. And the orangey red is a brown. Yeah. Well, if you, if you look <laughs> I'm at I'm just that, saying yes. I was correct. Oh, oh it's absolutely, it, it is absolutely used on a lot of the models yeah. as a brown when yeah. you de- take the desaturated version version of it. But then when you go to some orangey miniatures, it's actually, it's, it's hmm? that's brown. Yeah. Where where is it on the color wheel? That's brown. So I usually call browns more the desaturated versions of your Up oranges. Orangey red. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's just a, it's <laughs> okay, orange. So no, these are these are color things you okay. start to like have to learn yeah, more yeah. about if you want to be like, okay, uh-huh. I'm going to get this army to look really good. I'm going to uh-huh. learn color theory and all that. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, if you just paint, the, would you then mm-hmm. consider brown not a real color? No, it's just a, it's a it's a just a version oh it's a version so kind of it's like a, it's a shade of that oh uh, kind of like maroon where maroon is, is is a color but it's not like one of those the main colors it's not fully it's saturated a, version yeah, what do you call it it's a it's a more specific specific thing like ultramarine blue mm-hmm. brown is like an ultramarine blue you would consider it whereas blue is the general thing right yeah i guess when you talk about like olive you're like you're talking about a green but you're like yeah. oh it's just it's olive not yeah fair not enough. going all the way to full saturation yeah. fair so Anyhow, but when you've got a whole army like that... I'm not traditionally uh, taught, so obviously I have no idea what I'm talking about, but go on. Well, it's okay. I've read lots of articles on the web, so I can totally (laughs) pretend to be knowledgeable now. I've been traditionally taught in the modern uh, teaching methods. Exactly. We'll get Uh, back to the modern teaching methods, I guess. YouTube and internet. Absolutely. Yeah. Forums? Yeah, I'm bigger on forums for painting. Really? Yeah. I feel like forums are, are over, man. Oh, not forums. Web- websites. Okay, not forums. Oh, okay. Just having moving images of people painting, I just, I can't. I can't. I don't have the patience for it. That's what it comes down to. I want oh, the I would website never wa- yeah, to read at my own pace. I don't actually mm-hmm. watch when I listen to the painting things, which probably means why I'm not traditionally taught in the <laughs> modern internet age either or the traditional one I heard what the painting should look like <laughs> yes exactly I'll, I'll just go from there that's why it's very important thin mm-hmm. your paints yeah 
Anyhow, but with like total army color schemes, mm-hmm. you can just pick your couple colors and then say one guy's got more of the reddish mm-hmm. orange, one guy's got more of the blue. When you bring it all together, it becomes a piece in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, so. it becomes a larger piece. I like mm-hmm. that. And then sometimes if you want to take pictures, you have to make sure the background, you have the terrain that matches your actual army, which it's a little bit harder with uh, miniatures because they won't always play on that uh, that board that you that you've made to specifically match your army I'm, I but some have, people do that i might have made one of those and i might make <laughs> another one in the future anyways <laughs> to match my other army yeah. exactly yeah so uh so basically so some people i guess get around having to come up with like the whole color theory themselves by mm-hmm. like looking at the studio scheme which usually the miniature companies yeah. have good artists to pick mm-hmm. the color schemes and if they go with that it's usually pretty safe yeah and um, i think one of the things i don't i wouldn't say there's i think there's it's, that's a really that's a totally fine route to go mm-hmm. because when you look at um, what we want to get out of the painting portion of this hobby, right? Like, so we are going into this, uh, what do you call it? The show, this painting miniatures show, which is filled with a whole bunch of people who come from apparently all over the world because we're going to Germany to, to, to go to this thing. Uh, and they bring their pieces, right? 30 to 75 mi- millimeter or, or larger or whatever, right? Yep. To show off their stuff, right? So this is one kind of thing, one kind of uh, way that you can enjoy it, right? Where you, excuse me, you get really into the hobby and you want to go to a show and see, you know, maybe get as good as as possible as you can in this hobby. And then kind of, I don't know, talk shop with a whole bunch of people that are really into the hobby and show off your work, right? But that's only one reason why you would want to get in this hobby and in fact this is the most esoteric with the smallest number of people oh right? that, that aspect this, of, it? this would, aspect of going to shows which are in some ways because you are also rated in these shows that we go to right you there's kind of like a, a three-tier system where they rate you on three levels like your best piece in on three levels right it, i think they do bronze silver and gold mm-hmm. and then they have a best in show almost like uh i don't know what they do the farm not the farm what do they call it i was thinking like you know pigs in, in uh, like in Charlotte's Web where, where they do those shows where they give you a blue ribbon and shit okay oh whoever gets the most ribbons well, I don't know yeah. it's like you, oh, it's the... you bring your pigs to show off how good good how good of a job you've done overall yeah right? I, know, I know what you're talking about yeah yeah so to me it's like that mm-hmm. but apparently we've so, we're so far removed from that I don't even remember what you call them yeah I've only read about them as a child We've where never you, been to where them, you so bring your animals and stuff and you get them rated. Some agricultural show, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that or your your largest pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the kind of thing, right? It's it, you kind of experience. You get to meet a whole bunch of people who are super into it, and you 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 you, you hang out, you mingle, you show off your stuff, you look at other people's awesome stuff, and that's you can one learn way you what can, techniques they use. Like, oh, that that yeah. looks amazing. How did you do that? Or if other people ask you, mm-hmm. like, what you were, yeah, how you a, did how yeah. you did your techniques. And a lot of it is showing off your stuff to other people who you hope would be really into it because they're Which, obviously into it because they're showing up to this spe- specific miniatures uh, painting show mm-hmm. that's only one portion though right the other portions of painting miniatures is one when you like we said it just looks awesome and when you're playing miniature games at the same time you want to play play with something that looks awesome so whenever you're putting your miniatures down it looks great in which case it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. matter as much about about high technical levels high, and theory yeah, color theory how and good that. you are and, mm-hmm. and like we said just painting within the lines showing up with a full army well, that's that's fun. That's that's good enough for itself, right? That's that's what a lot of people in, in our hobby call um, uh, tabletop quality, right? Yes. And then the third thing is 
it's just fun. It's relaxing. Like just painting something. It is. Like there's other hobbies you can do after work that well, you can go home and watch TV and that's usually kind of unsatisfying, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But one energy level above Stop watching, watching such crappy TV. <clears throat> Maybe you should watch I don't even watch good must see TV. <sighs> HBO. But not the new Game of Thrones. It can't get worse. Let's put it that way. That's true. For the final season, it, can't, it yeah. just can't. So it'll be fine. You're gonna watch it? Of course. Oh, I'm not gonna watch it. I just I need to know. My, sometimes sometimes my... I'll watch dumpster fires just to know. <laughs> no way. My I was like I, I went. Uh, well, let's to, put it this to... way: we watched the Last Jedi just to know. Yeah, it so. was terrible. But at least we went to 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 watch it. We could just laugh at it, right? That's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you have someone you can go and make fun of it mm-hmm. during the time, that's fine. But I'm not gonna watch HBO with with other people. Oh, sorry, Game of Thrones with other people. In it's fact, not like, the number of hours. No. Yeah, it's just like, to make so fun many. of it. And then and so, it was so annoying. So I, I said I wasn't gonna watch it. Right. Mm-hmm. I went to work. You know, everyone talked about it because this is during season six or something like that or seven. And I was like, oh, Game of Thrones is so bad. It's gone so bad. I'm not gonna watch it. And then, I don't know, three episodes later, my coworker's like, no, you got to watch this one episode, right? You have to watch it. And, and I'm like... They killed so many people. I can't, no you spoilers. No, no, they just said, no no spoilers. Just go and watch it so we can talk about it. So I go back, and I'm like, fine, all right, I'll, I'll watch it. I go home, I watch it. And this episode, it's terrible. It's so dumb. So I go back to work, and mm-hmm. I'm like... Okay, so I watched it. It was terrible. And he says, like, yeah, I know, right? It was so bad. He basically <laughs> tried to get me to watch a terrible thing so he could commiserate on how bad and what a waste of time it was. And that's when I learned I would never listen to him ever again when that's he says, go of, watch this. It's one of the most popular TV shows ever. So anyways. Yeah. So yeah, don't do that. Don't uh-huh. watch Game of Thrones. Instead, buy Game of Thrones miniatures and paint them. While also, I don't know, listening to the audiobook. Yeah, because like, you can listen to audio at the same oh, time. We did talk is... about this. We talked mm-hmm. about how miniature painting yep. uh, plus uh, podcasts plus podcasts mm-hmm. is 150% <laughs> of what do you call it? One Enjoyment. Because oh. 75%, 75%, which is better than 100% watching TV. So it's like, hmm. so painting, I already said this, right? Painting, let's say watching a decent show is 100%, uh, right? You, you rated it as 100%. Let's say you only get 75% uh, enjoyment of of what you would get but from painting. Well, you can always put on a podcast and let's say you get 50%. Because you would never just sit there and just listen to a podcast by itself. But then when you combine the two activities... Now you're at 150% or 125% in that case Mm -hmm. of enjoyment versus watching your baseline TV show. Which means definitely watch... Go stop watching okay tv and then go go listen to a decent podcast while also painting it's awesome. or like listen to music yeah just, it's totally never, yeah. just telling yourself i'm just gonna sit here and listen to music like you gotta be really into you gotta be really into the song to, to just sit there most for an hour do doing that, that. most Maybe. yeah you can listen to one song but then just sitting there for an entire yeah. hour most people need many people yeah most people need at least drinking or something to do it or like going and seeing a show which obviously is much higher right you have the crowd and everything but yeah so alternative go buy some minis get some paints even if you're not great watch some basic youtube videos learn that you should thin your paints and second of all thin your paints right and clean your models before you prime them you know Let's not get crazy. I think thin your paints, thin your paints is good intro advice. Okay. That's like the best That's what people advice. keep forgetting. Yeah. For sure. 
And then I think the th other quality of life is get a wet palette because it's just quality of life. It's it's basically tied into the first thing. Yep. Thin your paints, thin your paints. And by the way, wet palette helps keep your paints thin. And if we're talking about quality of life, get dropper bottle paints, not flip top paints. Yep. So you don't get aggravated by having to dig paint out of a jar yep. rather than just shake it, turn it upside down, squeeze, and then add water, then paint. Yeah. It's the quality of life that adds is so much, so much more. Oh, also don't put paint all the way up your brush so that it gets into the, whatever, the the top part. Into the metal, the metal round part. part. Mm -hmm. The metal round part. <laughs> I've heard what it's called before it. Just don't. I'm not a real painter. I don't need to know that. Exactly. I think it is interesting though when you when you talk to real painters who are getting into the miniature hobby because again it's very different and it's mm -hmm. relaxing in a different way, right? Because it's a physical thing, right? And you don't have to paint as hardcore. Like we have a friend that's an artist, and to relax, he paints miniatures because it's not. But he also paints in the studio scheme for the most part too. Yes, yeah, so because he's just like he doesn't have to think about the color scheme. He's just like yeah, it's just an easy way to relax, mm -hmm. right? And so, even if you're an artist, maybe try it. Maybe you'll find that it's enjoyable in a different way, using a little different part of your 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 brain. And then, when you go and play with them, if you're in a, if you have board games or something like that, all of your stuff will look awesome. Yeah, and also I guess you have in your imagination what the character of your army is and where they come from. So maybe maybe you just want to play like, okay, these are the Ultramarines. They're having Ultramarines are having a battle. I want to paint them like blue Ultramarines in Ultramarine blue. Yeah, and that's what you want to get out of it. Or maybe you're like, oh, no, this is my custom faction. They come from here. They have this. They live on this planet. You're like, oh, okay. If they come from this, like, red moon planet. Okay. You do their bases in, like, this red rocky color. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. And they, color them purple. Yeah. And make it different. Color them purple as well because they're... Purple, red, moon-based men. Yes, exactly. Marines. And then everybody knows. Like, then you can sort of communicate or tell the story of what your army is to the person who you're playing with and they actually get it. Oh, it's super fun. That's For another thing, I guess, that we didn't really mm -hmm. go into, but not really related. Well, it's kind of related to painting, but like the kind of story that you're telling from your paint job, right? You're giving yeah. them character, right? Yeah, so the character you add. It's like right down to the bases. Like the bases tell you where this guy came from, their outfits, like tell you what type of type of person they are yeah like whether they're blingy and with bright colors or whether like they come painting from... gold chains on all of your ultramarines exactly <laughs> yeah uh they come from the the uh upper east side of town <laughs> they come from yeah. a gold mining colony and they, and they, yeah. and they uh, but from the outskirts out. because mm -hmm. anyone who really is running in gold wouldn't just put it on their their chains they're just like Gold is nothing, so I, why would I even show it to everyone? It's just I get into my gold car and drive home yeah. after the battle, if I survive. Uh, yeah, so just adding that kind of personal touch really makes you enjoy your miniatures more. Yeah, right? it's one of the things you just can't get out of video games, because in video games you're playing somebody else's game. Yeah. I mean, lots of video games nowadays are sort of Allow latching to onto that skip. idea. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you can buy your own hats, right? Mm -hmm. You're customizing your character in the same way, but actually much more you can paint do the paint scheme for these I don't know that your army you or your complete, faction you have complete yeah. control over it yeah it looks no. it's yeah mm -hmm. it's great well not complete because generally you buy the miniatures because yes. sculpting is very hard if you want to yes, do it, yes yes it is we haven't got it'll be a long time the, yeah it'll be a long time before we do a podcast on that yeah painting I feel like is is the easiest way right to to color or to personalize the miniatures you have mm -hmm like you you're dressing your your miniatures basically yeah. <laughs> it comes down to yeah uh yeah um 
What else did I want to say? Oh, I forget. I think I've gone through all the ones I was going after. Oh, oh yeah. So, so we talked a little bit about, hmm. um, you know, the way you'd want to get into it, right? Which is, did we talk about, well... We just said thinner paints, right? Yeah. Some, some yeah, we were things. talking a bit about yeah, the whatever learning kind part. of models. Yeah. And yeah. I guess if you want to elaborate more on the learning part, like there's the learning part that happens online uh-huh. because that's where so many painting resources are available now. But then there's the learning part that happens in person. Like if you go meet up with your gaming mm-hmm. group, you can show them what you've been working on. Yeah. If you go to these show things, yeah. you can get feedback on what you've been doing, which oh, as we said, like the shows we're going to often have uh-huh. the rating system where you're actually sort of more competing with yourself than everybody else. You're like, okay, yeah. I've painted bronze before. For best in the show. I'm going to, yes, but <laughs> you know, there's a small group within the small group that can go for best of show. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about being part of that group, <laughs> but so you're basically not there ever. <laughs> so if you've ever sort of thought about like getting better at painting, you can go to those sort of shows and you're basically competing with yourself. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I've painted bronze before. What's it going to take to like paint a silver piece? Or, and for or not rated, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on how yeah, good you, don't, you are, you don't have to. You don't have just to even like, getting to that bronze is actually very, this is a decently high level. Yeah, you have right? to have a good grasp of all the techniques yeah. involved. You probably just have to, get to watch at least a few YouTube videos to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the other end, right? Just if you're painting by yourself or, or alone, uh, just with the YouTube videos, oftentimes it's hard to really see in real life. Um, what kind of techniques you're 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 not you don't have, or let's say you take pictures. Well, one thing you can do is join groups, Facebook groups, and then you can take pictures of your own stuff. Yeah, especially and, if you play like a certain type of game, like say you play War Machine, you join the War Machine group and post pics of what you've been doing lately, because those people actually want to see what you've been doing. Because yeah, they, they, they love, love it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's so fun and being able to share your miniatures that you painted, and then if you are brave enough to solicit feedback. Mm-hmm. Right, then you can generally people are pretty nice some people are dicks right they're like you suck but mm-hmm. generally they're like oh well you know have you thought about thinning your paints yeah right? that's, that's <laughs> the first thing that always comes yeah so once you get that, that to be fair like thinning your paints oftentimes to get it right it takes like it could take years to get to depending on how quickly oh, you yeah, figure it out right because depending on the color like yeah. thinning your paint actually changes from color to color yeah, and, and being from, able to test it and being mm-hmm. able to get used to that thing. And when you paint your base layer, you need one mm-hmm. thickness. When you're painting washes, you need one more yeah. watery thickness. There's additives yeah. for the paints. There's all sorts and, of... And I feel like one of the best ways to kind of skip not taking, not making it take years mm-hmm. is getting feedback. Yeah. And you can get feedback online, which is a little bit harder. Generally, it's harder to for someone to see the picture and, and know. Mm-hmm. But if you go to uh, oftentimes a hobby store... Uh, there will be days or something where, or maybe there's a table where you can do painting there, yep. right? And if you see someone painting, you can go and just talk to them and, and, and maybe uh, if, you're, if you're starting out, they can give you advice on uh, like the practical, like visual advice about saying, well, what do we mean by thin paints? What is the texture? Often everyone says like skimmed milk, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. What does that actually mean? They can show you the real thing so you can see it. And more than that, yeah. uh, depending... They could even let you feel it, right? Mm-hmm. So they let you take the brush, put that paint on, and rub it and on see, something. See how it behaves when it's mixed yeah. out, as it should be. Yeah, put it. Allow you to to put it on. Let's say your thumb, mm-hmm. uh, right, the, the back of your thumb, so that you can feel what the actual paint is like. This is one of those things that I never used to do, mm-hmm. and now that I, now that when I see those lines, I'm like, oh. When you see people show up at the store, painter. you know they've been painting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. miniature painter. You, you know they've been yeah. painting lately. Because yeah. as Alan's saying about the back of the thumb thing, often when you get the paint off your palette, it's on the brush, but you can't be sure exactly what it's going to do when you apply it. 
So, I mean, you could apply it elsewhere on your palette, but that's quickly going to run out of room. You could apply it on it's, paper, but that's not convenient. But yeah. your thumb is literally right there. So if you apply the paint to the back of your thumb and you see it sort of chunky and thick, yeah. maybe that's usually not the thickness you want to work with. Or yes. if you apply it and like it basically looks like water, you're like, oh, that's not going to do anything yeah. at all. I've gone too much water. Before you take your paintbrush to the mini and cause a mistake, which is hard to get yeah. rid of, and you're just other, like, stop there. The, the other thing is that now you have – you don't just have the visual – look right when you paint your, your thumb first of all your thumb the back of your back of your thumb is textured so it's easier to go on it kind of mimics what you would do when you paint it on a miniature mm -hmm. and you also get the sensation of feeling so you actually do get some sort of feeling of how the the paint is flowing when you put it on how wet is it right mm -hmm. so so it actually is i would say even better to put it on like to test it out because you know how much pressure you've thumb, applied as well when you how do much that. pressure exactly and how much how wet it is because you can feel that Versus if you just paint, put on a brush where you have to get all of those kind of cues by visual, uh, like visually, mm -hmm. right? Whereas you put it on the back of your thumb, now you have the feeling and the actual visual because I assume you're also looking there. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if you can do it just by feeling, but <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you could if you do it enough. I don't think there's too many blind people painting. But maybe there's really good ones. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, so that's uh, about uh, just general just tips generally about getting into painting mm -hmm. um the last thing i wanted to talk about was what are some uh what do you call it pitfalls mentally about that you should try to avoid so that you enjoy painting so i think a lot of people when they get into the hobby they might like we said there's four different things in this hobby mm -hmm. let's say three or four right they might like three of them right they might like playing they might like assembling they might like Almost everyone that gets everyone into it loves, loves collecting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, collecting. But they're like, oh, you know what? I just can't enjoy painting, mm -hmm. right? Why do you think that is? And what do you think are some ways to get over it? Because like we said, it's so much cooler when you have fully painted models on both sides. Even I think the people that don't like the, mm -hmm. the painting part of it yep. generally like seeing models They like having a painted play. army. Yeah. Like everyone's always proud of having a painted army, yeah. even if they did it mediocrely. Yeah. So I think... What it comes down to is just setting expectations. It's like, okay, I've seen all these other people who've been painting for a decade or more, uh -huh. and then like they just got started for a few months, and like they just they can't compare what they're doing to the other people's. They basically have to like, okay, yeah, you got to train they up. To, they have to set like I would say, don't try and paint the whole area at once. Mm -hmm. Start with painting one guy, and you're like, okay, have I made any big mistakes here, or mm -hmm. am I happy with this? And just continue and paint the rest of the guys and say the squad. Yeah, one guy to one guy. Yeah, because when you commit to painting a whole squad at once and you realize you've started making mistakes, it's then painful because you've, you've now put a lot of your time in and you mm -hmm. know you've done something wrong. Yeah, So usually it's not thinning your paints enough when you yeah. start. <laughs> exactly. And you'll yes. see that by the time you've painted a figure and you've yeah. painted like five layers on it that are all yeah. chunky. Yeah, and then you you're know like, you've... okay, maybe I should go back and, mm -hmm. and do that. Um, so that's one suggestion for avoiding becoming frustrated. Yeah, so take a little piece, right? Don't try and bite off more you can chew. Don't mm -hmm. think that you're going to be a god painter, that somehow this was the one skill or, or one of the your few one skills. Calling yeah, the that one calling that you just found. Exactly. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, even if it is your calling, mm -hmm. it will take years before you're as good as even like, uh, okay, I don't know how good people are in your, in your average place, but like, mm -hmm. It'll take years, definitely, to get even close to how good the box is, right? Because those guys are professional painters, yes. right? So take a step back and be like, I'm never going to get as good as 
the thing on the box, but maybe I can get it to a, where, a place where it looks awesome on the battlefield. It looks way better than anything I could, I don't know, any mass-produced thing I could get, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so that's definitely a thing. Um, the Another one is I feel like uh, you can just, if you don't like it, pay someone to, <laughs> to <Yep>. paint it. <laughs> this is one of those things where, like, People will, yeah, people will, there's people out there who just enjoy the painting part more than other parts, and if you yeah. offer them money for it, they're like, okay. Don't expect yeah. them to do the greatest job, though, because yeah. it takes a huge amount of time to achieve. And like we said, a lot mm-hmm. of getting into the painting thing is for the fun and putting your own personal touch on, where yeah. if you're painting for money, slightly different, they're not going to put as much flourish on your stuff as, as they would on their own stuff, and you mm-hmm. should be able to accept that, but it's going to look a lot better than just blank minis. Yes. So I think the other thing would be don't try to paint too many things in a short period of time. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I need to have this army painted oh, by this tournament. You're yeah, like, stressing but out. that's a 250 orc army and you have seven days. They're like, oh, I gotta do it. And you're like, it's just You're don't. almost yeah, ruining all your love of painting and mm-hmm. the, the enjoyment part, right? Like we said, it's relaxing. When you go home for a long day at work, you just mm-hmm. want to relax. It can be relaxing unless you're trying to stress yourself out for some other reason, like setting like arbitrary said, deadlines setting arbitrary deadlines or maybe maybe you need a little bit of deadline to, to kick yourself in the butt mm-hmm. but it's gotta be realistic it's gotta be realistic right and don't kill yourself if you don't make the deadline mm-hmm. right don't try and, and stay up all night right before a tournament which I've done many times which means I always do terribly at these gaming tournaments because I'm so tired because all I did was like I was trying to paint the last few guys that I wanted to put in my army. So you're going to stay up late tonight is what you're saying for the tournament tomorrow? No, I'm running it so I don't have to care as much. Ha-ha! Oh. Loophole! It's <laughs> <laughs> everybody else's problem when you're out of it now. Exactly. Uh, and then the other thing is paint, like I guess we kind of touched on it don't, try not to, to beat yourself up if it's not a super high level mm-hmm. but even if you can paint at a super high level, sometimes it's not fun to paint at that super high level all the time. Like, I've noticed when we paint these miniatures for these competitions, mm-hmm. it's not fun for me. Because I'm, I'm, I end up stressing out and trying to make it look as good as possible, and it becomes like work. Yeah, you can't screw up. Like Yeah, exactly. You can't just play. Mm-hmm. Or you can play, but I'm not, I guess I'm not, to paint to the highest level that I can, I can't play because I'm not good enough to play. Yeah. Right. So, so mm-hmm. what ends up happening is all I do is try to paint as technically good as possible and it takes super long and I hate it and actually I, I end up painting all of these minis just for, for playing and I find that much more fun and relaxing because I'm just playing like I just put yeah. paint on it looks fine I'm like oh this is fine this is good enough look at those mistakes I don't care this is just for fun and relaxing <laughs> and once you get good enough they look they look fine. They look tabletop quality when when you do that. And to me, I realized that's what I enjoy the most. Yep. So Even though we're going to this competition, yes. <laughs> so I realized the one good thing about painting, like trying to paint competition level minis, mm-hmm. is don't try to make the whole thing look amazing, but like at least choose one technique you're going to try and push further. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, here's all the techniques I know. I'll just use these on this. But this I want to do better on this particular mm-hmm. mini. Like say it's the facial features you want to work on better, but you're like, oh, there's all these metallic parts. One, so like, I'll yeah. just do the usual thing I know for the metallics. Like, don't stress yourself over every piece of the mm-hmm. figure. It's like, okay, I'm going to advance my skills a bit. One, pe- doing, one technique at a time. Yeah, like say you're going to do fabrics with more texture to them to make them better mm-hmm. leathers. Or like you want to paint swords with more reflections, face with, with more features, something like that. And, and then more you, interesting <clears throat> colors or, or one piece yep. that has more interesting color scheme with deeper colors or, or, or different colors that you didn't think would work. Mm-hmm. Try to make them work. But don't do yep. it on every single color on 
on the thing. Yeah. Like just choose maybe choose the bag. areas of it. Yeah. The guy's bag is going to be super interesting leathers, right? Yeah, he's got a crazy helmet on or something like mm-hmm. that. And then you can once you've got those techniques and you stressed you have stressed to like yeah. take some part of your painting to the next level, you can then bring that back to your regular painting. So now it's part of your toolkit. Yeah, now and you're you not can stressed do it for out fun. to do yeah, it. You can yeah, do it for fun. And now and suddenly everything fun, looks better. Because you know. So yeah. I find that's the one nice thing about doing competition painting. Maybe I should. Maybe I should do that more. Because apparently whatever I'm doing is stressing me out too much. <laughs> don't like it. Everything must be perfect. Can't just can't well, do that. That's all. I, I don't have that high expectations <laughs> for myself. Uh-huh. But everything must be better than they are now. So yeah. Yep. All right. Well, hopefully you thought this podcast was better than whatever else you could do, like watching TV. Uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully you're painting at the same time. Yep. Yeah. You're getting 120. percent You're <laughs> getting 100. percent 150 percent because Not this giving. podcast was so awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Technically, it's, it's, it'll be us two listening to this podcast. So I think it'll be 175. percent Well, if you do listen, share it around. You know, <laughs> yeah. If you enjoy it. All right. Uh, this is being Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye. One more thing. If you want to check out our other podcasts, our website for the Star Piercer game, yes. and contact us on Facebook, where are we at, Alan? Uh, we are at, well, the website is starpiercer.com. Yep. Uh, you can contact us by old school email at uh, contact at diceovereverything.com. If you want to find us on Facebook or follow us, we've, we're at Star Piercer Community. Yep. And honestly, we use the Facebook the most. So. Just get in touch with us there. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye.